there's something ripping curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. Well, it's been a bit of a gap since the last episode, but I don't think you've missed anything because we had an uber episode last month of TGP Nominal with the World Space Week episode, and I hope you all enjoyed it. One thing you might have been missing from that is the actual guide to the skies, but making up for it today is the one and only Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. Always fantastic with me. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's been a, a good time for you lately, definitely. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scary, really. <laughs> well, there's one thing that springs to mind that has changed the game completely for UK Astronomy. So what was that all about? We won some money. <laughs> it wasn't really just some money. Uh, we actually came second place for a, a Persimmon Homes competition, wasn't it? Yeah. I think in our category there was 32 charities. So they had three different categories. You had health, education and uh, sport. And yeah, we came second in education. We won uh, £50,000, which as you can imagine, as you know, we're only really a small charity. <laughs> so that amount of money to win through, you know, thanks to Persimmon Homes for voting for us to be in the competition and then thank you to everyone who voted for us because you had to vote daily for about nearly nearly two months <laughs> it was a long long time and to be honest with you you know just to be in the competition to be in the, as a finalist we got five grand and for us we were like oh my god that's phenomenal now stick a few zeros on <laughs> but to go up on stage i welled up <laughs> my wife couldn't go because she was crying so yes, as I said, it's going to be a complete game changer for us now because it means that we can actually we we can get this mobile observatory and have it running for at least two years. It's going to be a brand new van, so we're not going to get like a you know something that might break on us. It means that we've got it, and it means we would never let anyone down. Hopefully, we can just go and we can bring the skies to everyone out there. So yeah, the money officially has just gone in the bank. So <laughs> yeah. Nervous but excited. <laughs> yeah, because it was a big operation, wasn't it? Because the the actual prize fund in total, I think, was a million pounds, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was huge. Yeah, so I think there was ninety six charities on the day. So we had to go up to York to a gala dinner. So I had to take time off work to go there. Luckily, I had some time off. And I'm not going to lie, we went the day before and made a little holiday of it, as you do. Oh yeah, long weekend yeah. Uh, up in York's really nice. Yeah, York was lovely. It's, you know, it's, it's loads of Viking stuff going on there, as you can imagine. And I, I actually did. Bought my, I bought myself a horn, a Viking horn to drink from. <laughs> and I recommended a couple of places for you to to go and eat, and uh, you took one of my recommendations. Did, and it was awesome. I can't remember what it's called now. Joe's Kitchen. Joe's Kitchen. That was it. Yeah, highly recommended by Mark and UK Astronomy. <laughs> So yeah, so now we're going to kit this van out, hopefully, over the next few months by the new year, and away we go. It's, you know, we're on the road. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, let's see what November has to offer. Hi, I'm Matt Damon. I play astronaut Mark Watney in The Martian. 
In the story, my character is accidentally stranded on Mars. Sending people to Mars and returning them safely is the challenge of a generation. The whole world held its breath when the Curiosity rover landed in 2012. The boot prints of astronauts will follow those rover tracks, thanks to innovations happening today. NASA's journey to Mars begins on the International Space Station, some 250 miles overhead, where we're learning how humans can thrive over long periods without gravity. Here at home, people are working across the country on the new Orion spacecraft and Space Launch System rocket that will carry astronauts farther than ever before. When we invent new technologies for exploration, it benefits all of humanity. But more than that, the journey to Mars will forever change our history books, rewriting what we know about the Red Planet and expanding a human presence deeper into the solar system. Follow NASA's journey to Mars at www.nasa.gov. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. The skies are getting darker, it's getting colder, and the clocks have gone back. Most people hate this time of year. For us astronomers, we absolutely love it. There's loads to see this month as well, and there's also a, a very special event happening on the 11th of November, but I'll go into that. So let's start then. Beginning of the month, starts of a, a cool, thin crescent moon, slowly sort of getting fuller and creeping back up from the day into the night sky. So at the beginning of the month, there's a cool moon coming up from sunset up into the night, pretty much making each evening well worth a peek, you know, our nearest celestial body. You may spot the Moon Maiden, which we know about, don't we? It's around the 8th. The Jeweled Handle, which are the tips of the mountain range. And there's a nice sort of like, what they call the Straight Wall, which is kind of to the south of the Moon Maiden. We spoke about it in the September's podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go back and have a listen. And you'll know all about these. But they'll be on the notes as well, and we'll put them in our Facebook group. Get your scope out and have a look at the Moon over the first week of November. Because there's loads of different phenomenon to see there as the shadow passes across the Moon the first week's really cool go exploring it's a good time to spot those dimmer objects as well beyond our solar system while it's out the way because it'd be setting quite early but then getting later and later as the month goes on so start off with the moon get binoculars on it have a peek see what you can find so the first actual date is the 10th of november and there's a nice little meteor shower it's uh, the torrid or taurid depending on what to call it it's tourist meteor shower there's only about four per hour but it lasts over several days, so it'll be going on for a little while after this. There will be a full moon up, so not great conditions. But if you're out looking towards Taurus while you're having a look there, it's the bull's head. That's where they radiate from. You've got a telescope. You might spot there's an asteroid there called 4 Vesta. Uh, it's actually a minor planet. It comes into opposition on the 12th to the 13th, so that's when it's at its brightest and best. It's in the uh, constellation Cetus, which is a sea monster also known as the Kraken if you've seen the movie or you're into Greek mythology or you've been to I think it's at SeaWorld there's an actual theme park ride called the Kraken there is yeah I've been on it <laughs> yes I've ridden the Kraken <laughs> Vesta is going to be moving towards the monster's head as the month passes so get a telescope out again the moon is in the way especially opposition it's pretty much right next to it 
So you're probably going to be better trying earlier or later in the month to spot the second largest asteroid in this belt. But something cool to go out and see if you can find it. Call it an asteroid, but really it's kind of more like a minor planet now, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the second largest, so apparently it's, it's the brightest, though. So it's really easy to see, fingers crossed. You can see it with a naked eye, though, I reckon, in a dark sky. I've oh, not, wow. I've not seen it yet, but yeah, that's quite mad for a lump of rock. Right, so on the 11th, we have a very special thing happening because Mercury is actually going to transit the sun. Now, you will need special equipment to see this. Do not look at the sun, ever. I always say that, but you always know someone will do it. So don't do it. Never look at the sun. If you want to, and you're in my sort of local area, Milton Keynes, anywhere around there, I will be in Milton Keynes and I'll be at Campbell Park from 12 till 4 during the day. It's in between my night shifts, so I'm going to have to shoot from work straight there. Uh, we're going to be looking at it with a few specialised scopes with filters on and things like that so it's all proper gear don't just buy stuff off the internet you know like smoked glass and things like that it doesn't really work and it'll make your eyes hurt there'll be events all over I'd imagine the UK go stargazing they're really good at promoting where stuff is going on let's have a look on there or have a look on our website www.ukastronomy.org or our Facebook page it's free our event so all are welcome and it's with the Parks Trust as well so we're just going to be in the pavilion which is kind of down the bottom of the park there looking at the sun so the main event starts around 12.30 and what happens is the planet starts its journey across the sun getting midway around sort of 3.20pm although the sun will be slowly setting it officially leaves the other side of the sun at 6.04 very precise but in the UK the sun's already going to be set about 4 o'clock-ish so we won't get to see it drift off, but we will get to see it drift on and get about midway before it sets. So we still get to see this planet go across the front of the sun. And you can get pictures using your phone because I've done it and it's really, really cool. Sky's permitting, of course, because the great British weather loves to get in the way. Uh, we should be able to see a good deal of it. The last one was in 2016, which I did see, and I got some pictures just using my phone. I had a certified filter on my 10-inch Dobsonium, which is like the big white ones with the wooden bases. The next one won't be for about another 13 years, so it's going to be a little while before we get to see another one, so definitely pop out and see if you can do it. I have heard if you have a refractor scope, which is the one with the lens in, so not a mirrored one, you can actually project it through onto a piece of card, but they're saying don't do it on anything sort of five inches or bigger because it can build up a lot of heat smaller ones don't tend to do that so it's really you want a sort of five inch or less because the heat can build up inside of it if it's bigger and it can warp the lens and things like that but you can project it through onto a piece of card make sure you cap the finder because you don't want anyone looking through that cut a hole in the other another piece of card put that sort of where the eyepiece is up onto the scope because then that will cast a shadow onto the other one google it there'll be loads of stuff out there showing you how to do it safely lots of websites with you know professionals sky at night things like that they'll be showing you or buy one of the magazines they show you how to do it in there but as i stated before do not do any of this stuff unless you're a professional or you know what you're doing just go to a local group they will be out looking at it trust me so after the transit of mercury mercury is going to start rising up into the morning sky and it's going to be at its highest around the 25th to the 28th so if you do miss that and you don't get to see the planet you can still see it in the morning rising up and down so it's really cool the next day after the transit on the 11th, if you've got a taste now for seeing the planets, there's a morning Mars. Mars is starting to come up in the morning and uh, it's going to be just left of the bright star speaker or spiker. I like speaker. I'm going speaker. It's probably something different. It's a star in Virgo. 
and it gives a lovely contrast with the red planet and the blue star up in the morning sky. So then you've got the 13th. From when the sun sets to it rising again, you can watch the almost full moon. So if you're gonna be up all night, if you're crazy and you're an astronomer like me, you can actually watch the full moon as it sort of heads back towards and then passes through the bull's head. And it's a load of stars known as the, the Hades. So you're physically actually able to see through the night the moon actually moving through the skies in orbit around our planet as it's kind of drifting through this cluster of stars in Taurus the Bull. Really cool to see if you know if you want to stay up all night, which I quite like. Go camping, it's nice and warm. <laughs> and then you've got the 17th, there's another nice meteor shower that peaks. It's the Leonids. There's a few more there, 10 to 20 an hour rather than the four from the previous one. And they come from the head of the lion, the constellation Leo. Again, it won't be at its best until the early hours before suns rise, really, because the moon's in the way again. Might be just been, it's just kind of above right in Gemini, so it's kind of in the way. But Leo doesn't really rise up high enough till after midnight, so it's going to be another late one. But you never know, you might see these meteors streaking across the sky, which are cool. Uh, the next day, on the 18th, the moon is not far from the centre of the constellation Cancer, the crab where there's a lovely cluster that's called the Beehive Cluster and it's right in the centre of almost like the X of Cancer the Crab. Again, it's another late one because it rises up kind of after midnight and stuff or the early morning sight perhaps later in the month as you kind of wake up in the morning it will still be up. The moon will be gone then so you have more of a chance to see it and it's just a really large cluster of all different coloured stars and it looks fantastic in binoculars. It really shows you all the different colours and the ages of all these stars all there. It's really nice. And then we move on to the 20th. There's lots going on. <laughs> it's almost daily. Again, if you're up early on the 20th, you may spot a uh, just past half sort of phase moon and it will be by the star Regulus, which is in Leo, which we talked about, the lion, which is where the uh, meteor shower is coming from. And it's making a nice morning view in the garden whilst maybe waking up and having a coffee. So the moon will then start sort of heading down towards the planet Mars in the next few days. So you've got a nice star on the moon there in the morning. You've got the 23rd to the 25th, a few days. Literally as the sun sets, don't look at it. You may spot a very low Venus shining bright. There's Jupiter as well, and they're both kind of closing in on each other over the next few evenings, so they're going to be getting closer. They are quite low, but you should be able to see them, as long as there's a tree or house in the way, of course. <laughs> be at their closest on the 24th. So in the middle of this, they'll be at the closest, and then they kind of start moving apart again. So there's lots of early morning stuff to see, because then the next day, well, 24th itself, very early morning again, in the twilight, which is my favourite time of day. I don't know why. just love it. Uh, you may get to see a very low Mercury. There's a Mars and a thin moon, all bunched together before sunrise. So all of these planets roll up in the morning. So there's like a whole range of them to see. So it's just before sunrise. Another good excuse to get up for a nice coffee and a peek in the garden, as you say. With the moon moving close to the planet Mercury the next morning. So the moon's kind of drifting through all these planets that sort of time, all in the morning. Comic-Cons and gaming. 
to the 26th and it's a new moon which is great because it's cold it's dark it gets darker earlier there's no moon in the way so it's time to go out and do proper astronomy as I call it that's when you can go out and actually see all these really cool stuff really nice and bright hopefully maybe go to a dark sky site go on holiday somewhere go and have a look uh, and apparently in ancestral times or our ancestors a bit more zodiac rather than uh, I can't say the other word for it because astronomers hate it <laughs> but they used to say that whichever constellation the new moon was in it meant a new birth to whoever had that star sign that would be a lot of births every 28 days or so <laughs> so we don't really believe in it now but apparently that's what it means and i did read up something about the star of bethlehem and that apparently there was a new moon and it was in uh, virgo the virgin isn't it mm -hmm. and that apparently happened in the same year that Jesus was born. Intriguing. I've got a whole talk about the Star of Bethlehem. It's very interesting, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> another cool event to see on the 28th. You can see it during the day again. I find the moon, and around 10.30, this is uh, in the morning, you may notice a planet start to peek out from behind it. Jupiter was occulted by it, so put behind it, but we didn't get to see that bit because we couldn't see it. As it rises up, you'll slowly, 10.30, see the planets start coming out from behind the moon at 10.30 in the morning. So that would be something really quite cool to see. And if you can get your scope on it and maybe get a picture, or astrophotographers out there, you'll have a little Jupiter kind of peeking out the side of the moon. That would look really, really cool. I've noticed it was meant to happen with Saturn a couple of years ago, and it was cloudy for me. I didn't get to see it. So I'm really, this is something that I really want to go out and see. I haven't checked if I'm working or not yet. <laughs> it might be worth getting a day off. And then the evening, the same day, go somewhere, nice downs or something, and watch a nice sunset, make it all romantic. You can see Jupiter, Venus, crescent moon, lovely. And then last but not least, on the 29th, you can watch the planet Saturn. The crescent moon and Venus again and Jupiter all set as the month comes to an end. So what a way to end the month. A nice, beautiful morning or evenings, of all planets so they're all around in the evenings and mornings at the moment depending where we are in orbit and that's that's pretty much everything for the month so there's, there's quite a lot going on i'm out of breath <laughs> now before we finish the month we have been sent in another object of the month now as you know in the past we used to do it ourselves but we have asked people to actually send in their objects of the month and obviously we'd like your input out there people because as you know through the podcast your input is our output so we would love to hear about your object of the month something that has inspired you to look up at the sky and why it's inspired you but for the object of the month for november we have been sent in this clip I'm Chris Lintar, and my object of the month is the Orion Nebula, because it's not like anything else that we can see in the sky. This is the nearest stellar nursery to Earth, and even with the naked eye, it's easy to find hanging down below Orion's belt. It's a cloud of glowing gas lit up by newly formed young stars, and in even a small telescope. I love it because of the amount of detail that you can see as the green tendrils of the gas wrap around those stars. I've spent hours looking at the Orion Nebula, and I highly recommend it to everyone. Well, the Orion Nebula. I didn't even know it was there when I first started astronomy five years ago. I had no clue. 
that just by Orion's belt, which I, I always knew Orion's belt. I'd seen it in the sky. I knew Orion. It's one of the most famous ones, you know, in the Northern Hemisphere that we know, Constellation, the Hunter. And I had no clue that below these three stars was an actual star nursery. Had no clue until I read it in a book. And I went out, looked through, even this, the telescope I started with, which was only like maybe two, three inches, if that, little tabletop dobby. And even with that, you can see all this gas like being lit up by the stars, as, as, as he said. It's absolutely phenomenal. I think it's one of, you know, the Orion constellation is full of all this cool stuff. And I think there's, you've got the Horsehead Nebula near there, there's the Flame Nebula, there's, there's a whole entourage of like gas and stuff all going on there. They're quite hard to see the other two, you do need the dark sky, but yeah, absolutely amazing nebula. You've got to go and see it. I think it's rising up at the moment around about midnight-ish, probably before that now, because the clocks have gone back. So it's going to be really good throughout the next January, February, up till then. Go out and have a look at it. There's tons of stuff there. I think I saw in the UK Astronomy Facebook group recently, somebody put up a picture of the Horsehead Nebula. They did, yeah. And one of the pictures, they put it on, I can't remember his name now. I think it was his daughter literally made him a picture of it. And it was made from something like 30,000 coloured beads. It was quite amazing. It was, and it looked, how she did that, I do not know, because it actually, it looked like a picture, didn't it? Yeah. It was absolutely stunning. So yeah, if you want to see that, Facebook group, it's open to the public anyway. You can go and view it without having to join or anything. Go and have a look at it. She's amazing. How she did that, I don't know. And of course, we must say a big thank you to Chris Lintop for actually sending in his object of the month. If you want to hear a little bit more from Chris Lintot, we have got an interview with him that's been conducted very recently, and I'm hoping to get it out very soon. Now, Ross, I don't know if you've seen it. There's been a a lot of talk about this new Google phone, the Google Pixel 4. Yeah, someone posted something in the group about it. I had a little look, but I didn't have anything. uh, I think I was at work at the time when it came on. Has it got an astrophotography mode, or is it built for it, or...? It has got a setting on there for astrophotography, which apparently you don't need a telescope for. There was a stargazing exercise in Wales, yeah. uh, which I'm, I'm assuming had something to do with um, with Dark Skies Wales. Yeah. And Tim Peake was invited along with a group of kids to actually try out these phones to see if it worked. Cool. I'd be intrigued to know, because like, you always see stuff there, and none of them actually live up to, usually, you know, what they, what they say they can do. So if it does, I'm going to have to get rid of my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest with you, if it works without having a telescope, imagine what it can be like with, with a yeah, telescope. Yeah, with a telescope. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to play now. Was it a Pixel Four? Did you say? Yeah, a Google Pixel Google Four. Google Pixel Four. Yeah, I've got a year until my uh, <laughs> contract runs out. My contract out. runs out. Maybe I'll, I'll give it a year to get them all the bugs out and see if they actually say it's the truth. And then, if it is, there may be a change in my legency. <laughs> <laughs> a phone that's been inspired to stop you from looking at the screen. What's that all about? Yeah, don't look at the screen, look at the sky, but look at the screen to take pictures of the sky. You've got a field trip coming up, haven't you? Yeah, and it's uh, Kilda Forest. Now, my wife thought that was in Norfolk, which would have been a couple of hours' drive, but it's actually on the border of Scotland. Yeah, it's in Northumberland, and you'll be visiting the the Kilda Observatory. Hopefully. I don't know what's going on yet, because it's my friend uh, Mr Pickles, 
uh, astronomer friend of mine who helps a lot at events now. He's actually done two talks, or no, more than two talks, about astrophotography for us. He's very good, very good at astrophotography. He said, right, I'm booking tickets. Are you coming? I've got a tent. <laughs> and I was like, I can't really say no to that, can I? One, he's in the Navy and he's a captain or something, or going to be a captain, so is that an order? <laughs> But yeah, me, me, a friend called Stuart as well, is just an astronomer as well, amateur astronomer. So yeah, us three and uh, David's kids are going to go up there. What I'll do for you is I'll have a word of a friend of mine who actually is a member of the group, the UK Astronomy Group, and he actually works at the Kilder Observatory. Oh, nice. So I'll see if he's actually working when you're going. It might be able to meet up with you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I was going to go there and I was like, right, I'm not going to fly the UK astronomy flag. So I'm not going to take any T-shirts or anything. I'm just going to go up and just be like a, you know, just chill time. Just me and my friends, the astronomers, not having to worry about anything. But now you've said that, I'm going to have to take a T-shirt, aren't I? If I let him know you're going. Well, if he then... does, I'm going to have to get a picture with him and that, aren't I? <laughs> I can't not, you know me, like the Persimmon Homes thing where we went to the gala dinner, I had to take an inflatable Mars with me. Couldn't help myself, could I? I did I did have it deflated most of the time, but yeah, all the pictures of us winning the money, I've got an inflatable Mars. My wife was not impressed. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be awesome, mate. I'd really appreciate that. And then, you know, if it does happen, if he's not busy, then I can come back and talk about it and what we saw. Hopefully it's going to be clear. been meaning to get him on the show to talk about astronomy, so maybe we can kill two birds with one stone, because if you, know, you meet up with him and then I try and arrange for us, the three of us, to talk on Skype yeah. afterwards, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm sure the listeners would love that. A real professional one. <laughs> <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Once again, a packed episode of TGP Nominal Extra. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you very much for having me. As you know, it's always a pleasure, and I never shut up about the skies. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the next episode of TGP Nominal is going to be a bit different because Mr. Berger is going to be flying solo. Ooh. So it'll be the first time he's actually done an episode all by himself. And uh, hopefully he'll be doing an episode about his visit to Crippin the Comic Con 2019 over at the Syracuse University in New York State. Sounds good. So once again, I have to say, as I always do, thanks for listening. Take care one and all. And we'll speak to you all again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. 
If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event. 